Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. We are thrilled to welcome you back into the Iroquois studio, Dr. Aaron Cornelius. Dr. Cornelius is a practicing licensed psychologist in the Buffalo, New York area. She sees children and adults for a variety of issues, but is focused on anxiety, depression, adjustment disorders, and assessments of ADHD. Prior to working in private practice, Dr. Cornelius spent years doing behavioral health research at some of the nation's leading hospitals. So, Dr. Cornelius, can you kind of give us the 101 level of what the world looks like and what it's going to look like in the future? I am not an ultimate authority on that. I will definitely say that we are shifting and that I think our expectations are starting to change. You know, originally people were thinking about getting out of a pandemic, but in the medical community, we talk about shifting to endemic, you know, and when we think about that, that's really about COVID is going to exist in the background. And there might be certain times of the year where we are more aware of it than others. And, you know, similar to the flu in the sense that, you know, during flu season, I certainly make an extra effort to wash my hands more. I get my flu shot. I don't hang out with people that are coughing all over the place, those kinds of things. But I go about my business and I live my life. And so I think that COVID is eventually going to move in this direction. I caution to say that we're there yet, but we are certainly moving in that pattern. You know, certain areas of the country are different than others right now. So we can't make some blanket statement about where we're at, but we are seeing progress in this way. And so I think that it is safe to say that it is time to start thinking about how we move forward without jumping the gun on what forward looks like. In your analysis of cultures, not just culture and like region or society or race or all those things that make up cultures, but organizational cultures, what's the challenge now as we are beat about the head and shoulders yet again with more COVID stuff? Um, I think the biggest challenge now is that you're going to have to take a hard look at your company culture and you're probably gonna have to make some changes and adapt to the fact that COVID was not temporary. And so what was originally billed as this 15 day pause where there was you know, not really a thought about company culture, it was just kind of get through this thing to now really kind of some permanent lifestyle changes that have occurred and how does that impact company culture moving forward? Can you define for me what we're talking about here as far as culture? Sure. I think that people have this kind of vision of company culture. I always think of Google when I think about company culture because it gets talked about so much and they talk about their video games and their smoothie bars and their exercise rooms and kind of all these props and gimmicks in a way. But culture is really more about what is your company saying? What are their attitudes and their behaviors? And Google's you know, video games and smoothie bars is saying something about Google and that message is intentional. And so when we talk about company culture, it's really about the attitudes and behaviors of your company. What's your, what's your messaging to your employees, to your clients, and how do you want to be viewed by those out there in the world? And that really rolls up into what we would refer to as learned behaviors, right? Those are things that are set 
by the organization, intentionally or unintentionally. Culture is not always well-defined from the top in most organizations. It just kind of happens. So an intentional culture, what are some things leadership could do to help steer culture in this learned attitude and behaviors that happen? Oh, I think one of the biggest things to think about is that culture is intentional. It doesn't just happen. You you don't just have a company and then a culture just magically appears. Quite honestly, if it does, you're probably going to have a problem more than anything. You know, that culture is something that comes from the top down, that it is set by those that are decision makers, and then it's modeled by them. And there's nothing more frustrating for employees than hearing the, you know, do as I say, not as I do kind of attitude from, you know, the people that set those cultures. So it has to be well communicated and it has to be well defined. And so I think that part of this culture piece is really kind of taking stock of how COVID has changed things and then how your company is going to have to adapt. I, I think about the idea that how your employees work now is different than how they worked two years ago. And some people talk about wanting to go back to normal. And I think about the idea of going back, you're really ignoring the lasting impact of this experience on people. And it's a disservice to your company and to your clients if you ignore this. This has changed folks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like you say, it's not a temporary band-aid kind of thing. It's a it's really a lifestyle change of the organization and the behaviors inside and outside the organization. This is really a societal level event. How people do life has changed. We have all had to kind of be adaptable and flexible throughout this, but we've all created new behaviors for ourselves and new ways of doing things. You know, from simple tasks about how you're gonna get your groceries now to how you manage childcare or schooling, uh, where you live, what kind of setting you live in. I mean, there are small changes and big changes all along. And I think that companies really need to kind of acknowledge that things have shifted in our society as a whole And they need to look at how that has impacted their employees and how it's impacted their clients. How people do business is different. So talking about change, can you talk about the stages of change and how that is something that could be a useful tool for someone to think about? Sure. You know, in the land of psychology, there's a famous theory called trans-theoretical model that was developed and it really kind of looks at the different stages of change. So like the first stage of change is this pre-contemplation stage. And in this stage, you have absolutely no intention of changing your behavior. And so then when you kind of make some shifts, you get to this contemplation stage where you're aware that the problem exists, but you're making no commitment to do anything about it. And so I like to call that problem identifying. So then we move on to this preparation stage where you make a plan of action to address the problem. So this is where you're really kind of acknowledging that it's there and I need to do something about it. And how am I going to do something? Then we move into that action phase where you're actively taking steps towards making that change. Um, And then we get into that maintenance phase, which is about sustaining the change that you have implemented. And then it is really important to note that there's a relapse phase. People fall back into old patterns. And relapse is actually a really important component of these stages of change because we can learn from falling back into these old patterns and it kind of helps move upward growth. Think of a spiral. Right. So we're going around in circles, but we're constantly moving up a level or two as we're going around in these spirals. So these relapses will inform that next phase of going through the change process. And this 
you know, model can be applied to a variety of different things. I mean, quite honestly, when it was developed, they were looking at how to quit smoking, but it can be applied in a variety of different ways. And when you think about from a, a business perspective, you can use this model to really think about how you make changes in your company. So again, I go back to this idea of like understanding who your employees are and helping to shape the company by thinking about the people. When you think about sales and businesses that are focused on sales, the people that work for you are your biggest asset in the company. And so they are something that needs to be considered and creating a company culture that is more people oriented is going to help you, I think, do better when you're looking at sales corporations. You know, we're, we're constantly not going to go back to that normal stance. What are some of the things that have changed kind of as you see it permanently? Well, I think technology has really played a large role in changes that uh, companies have experienced. Zoom, DocuSign, Slack. I mean, we've come up with a variety of different things that have helped businesses be really flexible um, during the last two years. Offices have been in person, they've gone remote, they've gone back and forth, there's hybrid models, but these kind of technology-driven initiatives have really made it so that there's a bit more of a seamless transition when you have to kind of pivot on a dime. I also think that some of the changes, you know, companies are really thinking about convenience and safety as priorities. How do we make sure that our employees stay safe and how do we make sure that our clients stay safe? It is really hard to make some of the decisions that we've had to make in the last couple of years. There's a lot of emotions attached to them, a lot of opinion and personal opinion and experiences in these things, but really kind of looking at why you're doing what you're doing. And I think employers have had to really think about how do we protect our employees, but how do we also protect our ability to continue to do business? I think that's a really important one also. Some of these choices have had to be business driven because we want people to stay employed and we want companies to continue to thrive. So I think that convenience and that safety piece is something that maybe wasn't at the forefront, but now is in some of the decisions that companies are making. I also think some of the other things that have changed, um, people have gotten really creative in how they've had to deliver their services. I mean, the options to meet people outdoors or to do virtual presentations, people have gotten really kind of thoughtful in how they're going to have to engage, not just with their coworkers, but with their clients as well. And that's a really big change also, which I hope sticks around for a lot of people because that creativity has really kind of opened doors to new ideas for people. Yeah, well, as you're giving examples of how technology has changed not only behaviors, but expectations of, I was just talking to someone about the whole modality of ordering groceries and then just parking in front and they load them in your car. You know, that that really is, do you think that's going to go away? And, and I know those types of things have forced businesses to figure out other methods to meet the customer need, but it's created new opportunities. I mean, I sure hope it doesn't go away because Instacart <laughs> gets me every single time when I order. And then at the end, they say, you have saved 178 hours yeah, by going right. through Instacart than you have by going to the store. And when I translate that into working time or time with my children or time to do my own interests, to me, I'm thinking like, man, I'm really enjoying that I saved that 178 hours by using Instacart. So I think that people have gotten creative. We have a local restaurant um, here where I live that when COVID first started, they created a website called stockthefreezer.com where they were selling their food from their <laughs> restaurant frozen and then they would ship it to you. Right. I give them all kinds of credit for spinning on a dime there and they had to figure out a way to 
keep their workers employed and keep it going. And long since have gotten back to the time where they can open the restaurant, but they are still doing that. So now it's just an additional business opportunity for them on top of. Uh, right, exactly. I think that we've you know, had a lot of um, changes that have happened and I hope some of them stick around. I mean, granted, there's a lot of things that we've had to do in COVID that we don't want to stick around and things that we've done to get by. But I think it'd be really a shame to not take stock of some of the changes that we've made and how they may help your business moving forward. Now, it's interesting that you're talking about this. 10 years ago, I spoke at an event and I was talking about remote work. In the field that I'm in, a lot of the work is remote anyway. So that's not a new thing. And one of the resistant factors that I heard from the audience was they didn't trust their people to work from home. And I'm like, well, if you don't trust them to work from home, then you need new employees. Exactly. It's that that argument is probably not even there anymore in this new I paradigm. I think people still make the argument that they don't trust their employees to work from home, but I think that they got a couple of issues there. One, again, if you can't trust your employees to work from home, then you can't trust your employees, which that's a problem. But the other thing comes back to again company culture. If you created a culture that is maybe very micromanaging or hands-on or has such significant oversight that your company can't function without you having them in office, that's something to look at. But if you've created a culture where people are more willing to steal time from you and goof off at work and do things that they're not supposed to be doing, that's a culture issue in your business, not so much a problem with work from home. When it comes to culture, what's the most critical element that we really need to keep front of mind? The people. I think that, you know, thinking about the people, whether they are your employees or they're your clients, I think when you're thinking about company culture, especially if your company culture is going to make a shift to adapt to this uh, new phase of life that we're living, you've got to think about the people that work for you, work with you, and that you're working for in order to make those changes. Well, that's a good uh, button to land on there, Dr. Cornelius. I hope things work out well for you in this brand new year of adventures. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. I'm Edwin K. Morse, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.